Hello and welcome to episode two of the Fencing Podcast. This is our second season, 2017. Okay, so it's either episode two of season two or episode 23 if you're going right from the very start. Uh, what convention have we stuck to? Episode 23. Yeah, yeah. we went 22 last time. Yeah. So Yeah, but anyway, se- se- second one of the 2017-2018 mm-hmm. season. Yes. Now we're back on track. We're back on track. So we've got quite another jam-packed show to get through, I think. We have lots of fencing. Lots of fencing. Lots of news. Uh, not loads of news, bit of news. Mm-hmm. But yeah, where, where do we want to start? Uh, well, we go for, well, let's talk about, let's talk about Barbie dolls. One of my favourite subjects, Gav. <laughs> I know you've got a collection. Yep. Now, so in the news we had, Ibtahash Muhammad of the US has had her own Barbie made. Yeah. Which is quite good. I think it's quite cool. Uh, well, it's, it's really, obviously very cool for, for Ibtahash. It's yeah. a, an acknowledgement as our Muslim representative in US women's sport. Mm-hmm. Um, a pretty iconic figure and, yeah, recognised by Barbie. It's a, it's a really big deal. Yeah, I mean, does this, does this mean that fencing's made it? I wouldn't quite go that far, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's an encouraging sign. Yeah. I mean, I saw the story and I thought it was quite cool. Obviously, there's, there's some issues over in America at the moment, but mm, the fact yeah. that the, uh, is it Mattel? Is it Mattel make Barbie? I can't Ooh, remember. Well, that's a good question. Yeah. I, th- I think it is, yeah. Whoever it is that makes Barbie has actually decided to, to broaden out the appeal of the, of the dolls and everything like that. And I've, I've I've made this particular choice, I think, is actually Yeah, certainly, good. we were talking about this before we started recording, mm-hmm. and, you know, our mental image of Barbie is, is pretty fixed, mm-hmm. and Ibtaj Muhammad is probably not our mental image of what a Barbie looks like. No, exactly, you know. Um, so, yeah, changing changing people's perceptions of what successful women look like. Yeah, and it's a much, it's, a, it's welcome and more di- a more diverse sort of doll for kids to play with. Yep, very much so. Very much so, um, yeah, well done. Well done, Ibtaj. Yeah, I would say so. So that was our, our first bit of news. Yeah. What else have we got? Oh, I'll tell you what I've got. You know how Daniele Girozzo missed uh, oh, yes. the first World Cup of the season? Oh, yes. And one that we'll talk about later in Tokyo, missed that one as well. Mm-hmm. Found out what he's done to himself that's caused him to miss this. Um, a punctured lung, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how it happened? I do. In training. Mm-hmm. Hitting the ribs. Yep. Rib breaks, goes in- breaks a rib. Rib into the lung. Yeah. That is nasty. I've, I... And rumour has it there was no puncture. No. So it's literally just, he's been hit Whacked so hard. Whacked in the ribs, yeah. 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 And if that's true, that is that shows you how powerful a fencer actually is. Want to have any guess who, who he was fencing? Oh, let's give another, another, Avola? No, no, no. No, no. no um, actually, Focconi? Nope. Oh, Aspermonte? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite Italian. Yeah. Yep. Like slice a decently solid hit, and yeah, yeah even even on his teammates. Yeah. Oh, oh. So yeah, but apparently he will be back in action for Turin, which is coming up. Well, just pretty much a day after we're recording. Yeah. So it'd be quite... interesting to see how he gets on there. So when did he get his surgery? Uh, I think that was forty days. Forty days. Okay, so it has been a bit of a delay because I was wondering how how long it would take to get over a punctured lung and a broken rib. We'll f- find out day after tomorrow, I think. Yeah. Well, I hope it all goes well for him in that case. Yeah, indeed, indeed, nasty injury. Oh yes, and I've got, I've got some thoughts. Okay, go for it. Okay, so Dave Baker called us out. We've been describing some AP, mm-hmm. not all AP, but some AP, mm-hmm. as being a bit boring. Uh huh. And he said, "Well, you can't just say it's a bit boring. You need to come up with some solutions. Then you need to be more proactive rather than just going. It's a bit dull. Yeah. Even though, in some cases, it is a bit dull. Yeah. So we've talked about various options before. The FIs." Big stick plan for how to how to fix boring mm-hmm. epi. 
but I'm going to go for a slightly modified version of one of the suggestions that you came up with. Okay. Which is to hit Epius where it hurts. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's not about to attach an electrode. <laughs> it's in the ranking points. Right. Okay. So your suggestion was that if you get cold for non-combativity, use all your World Cup points. So hit them with a massive stick. Yeah. But I'm going to go for a slightly subtler version of that. Okay. Every time you get cold for non-combativity, you lose 10% of the World Cup ranking points that you would have got for that event. Okay. So if you have a a good run, uh-huh. but go for the non-combativity option fairly regularly as you progress through the day, you can end up winning the competition and scoring no World Cup points. However, if you use it selectively, because there is a part for non-combativity in particularly in Epping, yeah. to some degree in foil as well, but use it at your peril. There's, yeah. you know, there's a, um, a whole balance of risk and reward, okay? So you you get more reward if you prepare to take some risks, mm-hmm. attack, take the initiative in the fight. You can still win the fight by going for something more defensive, a little less imaginative, and a bit more patient, mm-hmm. but you're going to be hit with a, a penalty in terms of the World Cup points that you get for yeah. for using those tactics. So it doesn't fundamentally change the weapon in the way that the FIE's proposal mm-hmm. uh, would have done. It's not quite as brutal as just putting everybody's, you know, all the World Cup points that you might get for, for having a, a good day using a defensive set of tactics, but probably tilts the balance more in favour of people who are prepared to make things happen. So that's my, that's my considered opinion on how to fix... Boring epi. See, I kind of like it because it's going to add another row onto a spreadsheet. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know I you like, like it. this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Perhaps not the reason for approval that I was hoping for, no, but no, you know, but, if that's what it takes. So, if, you, if you're a coach and you're, you've got a fencer who you think will have to, well, you're going to play the non-combativity card at some point. And yeah. don't forget, there has to be essentially some sort of collusion happening here between both yeah, fencers. Exactly, so, yeah. so, both of those fences are going to take that penalty. Yep. So, it's great. There is an interesting roll of the dice there for you. So let, let, let's sort of tease it out a little bit. So you get this note, you get, you both fences decide, oh, we're not going to fence, we get mm-hmm. rolled on, uh, and you get your 10% penalty. Okay. So the fencer that goes out, do they still have the 10% penalty? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yep. It's interesting. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yep. Because the other thing I was talking, we were talking about mm-hmm. was altering the timing of the weapon. Yeah. Your, your initial thought on that, was that if you shortened the the blockout timing, yeah, an epi from what one twenty fifth of a second that is just mm-hmm. now to something even shorter, yeah. that that would make it more difficult for the counter attacker, yeah, to to get a light on, yeah. So we'd encourage an attack, I think. Yeah, but I'm not totally convinced that it actually it actually would, because any sort of slight error in making your attack is going to make the the counter attack more likely to succeed. Yeah, so you, so you so the counter attack would score, and you as the attacker wouldn't get your point. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where, on paper, it's a, the other option is you just lengthen it, and the counter attack can ha- happen whenever the hell you like. But yeah, the, but and that's you don't want that either. Uh, I think it's a sort of solution where you'd have to you'd have to test it extensively on a, on a variety of with well, a variety of fencers. Yes. A variety of styles and a whole different range of, yeah. of settings. And, and preferably at different levels as well, because yeah. you, what you don't want to do is have a massive impact at a, a lower level where the FIE aren't really interested in, but it could filter up through the game at some future point and not, you don't really realise the damage that you're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, that is always a risk with any sort of rule mm-hmm. changes that it has unintended consequences yeah. and you produce some some, mm-hmm. some sort of horrific end result from a, a sort of well-intentioned yeah. change. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my own gut feeling in that one is that timing change isn't, isn't the way forward to, right. to providing a solution. I mean, obviously, the, the last thing about this that I've, I really want to say is that a few fences have spoken to me about this afterwards and have made the point that they don't think that Epi is broken, that this is just how it is. Mm, yeah. Okay. And I, and, I, and I understand that point of view. But I don't think it's their opinion which really matters in this. No, it's not, undoubtedly. No. It's, it's, it's someone else at the top whose opinion that matters. And for whatever reason, if they think there is an issue, something has to happen. So we just have to look at the culture of the sport. Well, you, your suspicion then has got to be that um, who's above the FIE, it's going to be the IOC or mm-hmm. the Olympic broadcasters yes. saying that yeah. most of your fencing has been absolutely great. See this epi lark? It's occasionally mm-hmm. a bit dull and we yeah. don't like that very much. Yeah. So we want you to do something about it. Mm-hmm. But I just want to sort of, to all the other EPIs out there, I just want to do say that I don't think EPI is boring all the time. I want to make that very clear because, you know, I get quite excited excited when I see good EPI. I get very, very excited about it. So I want to be clear about that. Should I back you up at this point? Yeah. <laughs> I should. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll join in as well then. Yeah, not all EPI is boring. I mean, I, I was an EPI for, for a few years. I found it quite exciting to do, even against APS who are, yeah, perhaps might be considered boring. Yeah. Um, from a spectator point of view, though, which is what I am now in terms mm-hmm. of in terms of EPI participation, yeah, some of it, well, too much of it, in my opinion, mm-hmm. doesn't exactly provide the, okay. the thrill and action that I'm used to now that I'm watching more Sabre. Uh, so you're, so what, what, I've been changed. You've yeah. been changed, yeah. You've, you've got ADHD like all Sabres. <laughs> 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 That's a terrible thing to say, Gav. Okay, uh, so talking to Sabre. Uh, one last thing before we talk oh, about yes, results. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, I'm sitting here at the moment, I'm holding a book in my hand, and it's a kiddies book. And it's called uh, Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls, book two. And I flip to page 18, and they have a little section on a fencer. It's an Italian fencer, uh, and she's a Paralympian, a foilist, so uh, right up your street there, Sean. Mm-hmm. And uh, her name is uh, Bibi Vio. Yep. And she's mentioned there, and I got this for my daughter. And was astonished to see there was a fencer in it. Yeah, and I thought that was that was great. And uh, we're going to make sure that she reads this particular page a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a genuinely inspiring story. Um, she won gold at the Paralympics, recently won the World Championships mm-hmm. that were held in in Rome, mm-hmm. and uh, you know a thoroughly inspiring figure for for wheelchair fencers. Yeah, um, yeah. great story. We, we don't cover a whole lot of wheelchair fencing, although. As I say, the World Championships have recently finished, mm-hmm. um, and I, I will hope to get some some news and interviews uh, yeah. from that because a uh, couple of notable British successes there. But yeah, Beatrice View is is the superstar of, of wheelchair fencing. Yeah. I think it's fair to say. But that was I just thought it was really interesting seeing that they picked that particular story. So yeah, again another another sign of fencing fencing heading into the mainstream. Yeah, uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll pop a picture of this up onto onto Facebook. Lovely. Oh, I've got on our page. It's a little picture, a little, a little shout out for the guys because it's a really great. These books are really great if you've got kids, I think as well. Okay, so another book recommendations. A as book well. recommendation is the strength of my bow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're doing the work, so we've we've recommended. Dolls, dolls and books. Dolls and books. And ways to make, fin- make, to make epi less boring. Yeah, that's right. We've got many talents, Sean. Yep, we've got an opinion on almost everything. So, shall we offer an opinion on some f- actual fencing? Yeah, now? let's get on with the fencing. Okay, so last time we recorded, still hadn't been any senior men's sabre action. Mm-hmm. So, first first event up was the first men's sabre World Cup of the season in Algiers, which was pretty exciting. It's sabre. 
Yep. Stuff always happens at Sabre. That's that's the kind of nature of the beast, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, there's always things going on. Top seeds and sort of familiar faces that you kind of expect to see up there uh, were among the sort of relatively early casualties. Uh, a lot of them getting knocked out in the last 16. So Pellegrini of Italy beat world number one Goubon Gil in the last 16. Oh, really? Uh, Apti of France beat uh, Shilagi of Hungary, Olympic champion mm-hmm. in the 16 as well. And Eli Jashvitz, uh beat... Uh, Kim Jong Wan uh, with a fifteen fourteen in the last sixteen as well. So, right. arguably, the sort of three biggest names in the weapon um, all all get knocked out in the last sixteen, which meant that the, our last eight lineup was Ibragimov of Russia uh, against Pellegrini of Italy, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, Ibragimov won fifteen eight. Berry of Italy beat Apati fifteen twelve. Deschwitz beat world champion Anders Satmari of uh, Hungary fifteen uh, ten. And Roshetnikov of Russia beat uh, Kim Yunho, the other Kim uh, for from Korea. All right, okay. With a a fifteen thirteen, so semi final time, uh, Ibragimov against Berry, and Berry went up uh, pretty quickly in this eight three up at the break. Mm-hmm. Um, looked thoroughly in control of things. Uh, some fantastic parry reports in there. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyable stuff. Uh, Ibragimov gets a gets a red card for starting early. And then falls off the piece, you know, sort of signs that his uh, his match is not going at all according to plan. That was right. at about what ten, ten five, mm-hmm. couple of hits there, and suddenly it's twelve five, and the fight's pretty much over. And Berry runs out with a, a comfortable fifteen six win. Right. Uh, so that was pretty straightforward. In the other semi final, uh, much more exciting, a lot closer. Roshetnikov uh, up at the break eight six, uh, finding his way past Dashevitz's. Defense, you know, Joshua's mm-hmm. looking for lots of parries, trying to trying to break things up, trying to open the distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, Rashetnikov find, find, finding his way through and, mm-hmm. and taking the lead at the break. In the second half, though, a bit more change, a bit more variety, less happening in the middle of the piece. Joshua's being a bit more aggressive, being prepared to put push Rashetnikov past. Uh, some great parry reports from both sides. You know, good, good, entertaining stuff. Yeah. I mean, we do do like a. It's nothing better than a really sharp parry report in Saber. It's uh, it makes a lot of noise and it looks spectacular. It does yeah, and <laughs> yeah. and what's not to like about that really? No, no. But but really, Rashetnikov looked like he he had had the match in the bag. Really, he was he was comfortably up thirteen seven up at one point. Really, and really just about ready to fall over the line. But Dershowitz said, you know, doing more and more to to vary the mm-hmm. fight, take out the middle, change things up a bit. And give Roshetnikov more to more to think about, right? Uh, and Roshetnikov is now starting to sort of panic a little bit mm-hmm. uh, as Dashovitz starts to to get on the board a bit more. And eventually, having got you know as close as you can to winning the fight, levels at fourteen all, and Dashovitz makes it makes final attack and hits. All right, okay, and that was it. So you know, despite all the excitement, ups and downs, variety stuff in the middle of piece, nice straightforward stuff to finish with, and. Dashovitz through to the final. I, I do like Dashovitz's fencing. He's probably somewhere. Did we not see him in Leipzig? It's Leipzig. There was one event we talked about him. Uh, yes, he finished second at one of the World Cups where Max Hartung won about sort of two thirds of the way through the season. Uh, fenced really nicely, put put Shilagi out there as well. Right. Very convincingly with some properly smart tactical fencing. Mm-hmm. But he, he probably finds that middle ground between the sort of physicality of the, the Koreans and the Germans and the sort of more highly technical style of the Hungarians. So he's got a bit of everything in there. So right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a really nice style. So we end up with a Dershowitz uh, Berry final. And to be honest, this, this was a bit more comfortable, Dershowitz. Again, 
finding, finding the tempo in the attack actually. So stuff mm-hmm. happening in the middle of the piece, but just finding that that better acceleration, that better timing on on when to finish the attack, and took a sort of decent decent lead eight four up at the break. Then there was I thought there was a bit of a quirk here because there was a bit of a break in proceedings because I think there was problems with the with the camera for the live stream. So you get to the end of the the minutes break. And then there was a sort of at least five minutes of kind of fences and referee hanging around, sort of waiting for the right. waiting to get the go ahead. And the sort of slight worry was that it would kind of change the, the nature of the fight. That you know, Mondashevitz mm-hmm. looked well in control of things at the break. That you know, you just find yourself standing around for five minutes waiting for something to happen. It's yep. almost like having a you know, you're back on for a different fight. But um, no, he kept it together, and yeah, he pretty much pretty much holds his lead with again a nice a nice variety of things that you know any discerning saber lover would. Would thoroughly enjoy, uh, in, including me. So a, a 15-9 win in the end, and he just had that bit, you know, a bit more variety, a bit more imagination, yeah. and and better timing, and well, well worth his win. It's interesting because in saber, 15-9 sounds like it's a bit of a pace thing, but saber, like that's not necessarily the case because it can t- turn so quick. Yeah, exactly. But you know. uh, yeah, I suppose the sort of semi-final between uh, Dershowitz and uh, Rushenikov kind of mm-hmm. showed that that for most of the fight, Rushenikov looked like he was. Absolutely nailed on to go through, and mm-hmm. then give it a minute's fencing, and he's you know he's off to the showers. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, well, well deserved win for Eli Dushvitz. Thoroughly enjoyed it, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, a good start to the, the Saber season in the teams. Iran don't quite manage to repeat their All right. start of season success last year. Finished fourth though. That's good. A, gave it a good go. Narrowly lost out to Hungary for third place with a, a forty-five, forty-four. <sighs> uh, uh, right. I mean, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely amazing. Absolutely. But in the end, Germany, Germany taking the win, which is a bit of a return to form for Germany. They had a pretty indifferent season last team, last year in the teams, but, you know, well, well worth their, their win here. They knocked out the Korean All Stars in the last eight with a, a 45-43 win. And, uh, what was the score in the final again? Yeah, 45-28 against, against Italy. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a strong Italian team as well. Yeah, you know, if you weren't if you weren't going to pick the the Koreans, Italy would probably be your your next your next best bet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Germans gave them an absolute absolute pummeling. Yeah, please for please for Germany because they obviously had a bit of a miserable time at the World Championships where they surrendered that huge lead um, against France in the last sixteen, the one that was all over social media, mm-hmm. uh, which must have been pretty painful for them. <laughs> so good to see them uh, back in form and. and Taking the win in Algiers. Uh, right, but uh, shout out to our Iranian pals again. So still want still, to speak to one of them if any. Still hanging tough. Yep. Please get in touch. Mm-hmm. We want to hear from you. Right. So next up, we've got more saber action. Women's saber this time mm-hmm. uh, from St Nicholas Hooray. in uh, where's St Nicholas? Belgium. Belgium, yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. There used to be a big epic competition there as well, but there we go. Uh, okay. Right. Bit of ancient history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's still running. Anyway, on you go. So yes, you're you're promising you would watch some women's saber this year. Uh, I haven't caught up with this one. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, I started to watch a couple of the fights, but it's going to sound a bit like a humble brag, but we had to emerge- have an emergency fly out to Spain. Yeah. So uh, I got a bit distracted and I haven't got back to this. So I watched uh, I watched one semi-final. I think it was the... Oh, I can't remember who was in the semi-finals again. Semi-finals we had... I watched uh, one of the semi-finals and then half oh, of Oh, the old Italian Vecchi against yeah. Gregorio. That's the one I watched. Okay, right. uh, you picked the wrong one. All oh, right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that explains everything. Okay, so um, action earlier in the day. Here we go. Watch uh, another top sixteen finish for 
one of our favourite foilists, mm-hmm. uh, trying our hand at Sabre and uh, making a, an increasingly consistent level of performance in it. Another another top 16 finish. The excitement in the last 16 was the fight between Olga Carlan and Charlotte Limbach of, mm-hmm. of France, which uh, Carlan just edged with a 15-14. But as we'll discuss later in the day, that was as close as it got. Right, indeed. And the other big surprise was... Uh, Top chief of the day, our, probably our favourite French sabreur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely our favourite sabreur. Uh, Celia Berry going out in the 64. All right. Mm, okay. Yeah, disappointing. So our last eight lineup, which mm-hmm. uh, beat Komaschuk of Ukraine, 15-11. I'm glad you had to see that. Well, I had a little pause to think about it before I before I <laughs> dived in there. Yeah. Um, Inform Italian, Gregorio mm-hmm. beat Limbach, not Limbach, Limbach of Germany. All right, okay. Uh, 15-12. Jan uh, Agorian, Olympic champion, Beat Manon Bruni of France, 15-13. That was, mm-hmm. if you like your fights, tense and exciting. That was probably the one to go for okay. uh, from the last eight, if you are if you want to go back and mm-hmm. and catch up on this. Um, and Olga Karlan beat Anna Marton of Hungary, 15-5, which wow. was every bit as much of a beating as it sounds. Really? Yes. That's harsh. Yeah. Now, considering that Anna Marton was one of the one of the stars of last season, mm-hmm. and, yeah, effectively one of the, the big names in women's sabre now, mm-hmm. that was a, an absolute gubbing and a sign of things to come for the rest of the day. Um, right. I hope I'm not spoiling things entirely here. But no, no. <laughs> So semi-final one, All-Italian Affair, Vecchi against Gregorio. Mm-hmm. And as you said, from the last one we were talking about, Gregorio's fencing, yeah. very aggressive. Yes. Still very aggressive and builds up a big lead into the second period. But then a bit more variety, trying to sort of probably do more than what she's really good at. She was looking for something a bit more interesting to finish the fight. She was a long way up and... Well, yeah, obviously, Vecchi trying to throw in a bit more as well. So yeah. actually, the sort of very end of the fight when it was kind of almost over, mm-hmm. all got really quite exciting uh, before eventually Gregorio was right. out with a fifteen thirteen. Yeah, I said, well, I, you get to that stage if you've got a lead, though. I mean, I'm rubbish at this. I can't show but, but <laughs> no shoebooting <laughs> final hits. No, no you don't. don't do you know, I'm like, well, just no miles. Stick your arm out. No miles. Don't do it. But. Uh, <laughs> So you can always sort of see some fencers can pull that stuff off, but I wasn't convinced when Gregorio was starting to yeah, really have a go with it. For a bit more. No, just no, finish it. Just finish go it, it. Go for another yeah. step, step lunge. Yeah. yeah, just do it. You know, it's working. It's working. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she got over the line eventually. And second semi final was a, a fight I was actually really looking forward to. I thought this is going to be absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, Olympic champion Yana Gregorian against world champion yeah. uh, Olga Carlan. But it wasn't. It was an absolute rout. Uh, oh, Olga really? Carlan absolutely thrashed her 8-2 up at the break and I think to be fair actually Igorian was lucky to have two at that point Igorian oh, um, will not be happy she didn't look particularly happy no. but sort of towards the end of the fight it was almost like well this is this is bad and I'm getting a thumping but there's really nothing very much I can do I was kind of resigned to it right? Uh, and in the end it was a, a 15 oh, 15-5 win again for Olga Carlan. Okay, so I think I think we're I think we're going to be seeing a pattern for the rest of the year then. Well, I mean, she went in the last what sixteen in the last thirty two at the at the first World Cup of the season, mm-hmm. um, losing to one of our teammates, yeah, fifteen fourteen, relatively early. Mm-hmm. But on this kind of form, yeah. well, let's talk about the final. Yeah, okay, go for it. As I say, Gregorio's in in very fine form. Yeah, made it to you know won the first World Cup back in another final. I know she can do a step lunge. She certainly can. Yeah. But I don't think she hit Carlan with more than about 
one of those. Every time she wanted to go step, step, lunge, Carlana had either beaten her to it, found the tempo, mm-hmm. and made her made her attack quicker and developed it sooner, or she was out of the way, or she stepped in, stepped back, and hit with a oh, parry okay. post. Eventually, Gregorio thought, well, this isn't working, so this actually is time to change. We need to get yeah. a little bit more variety and uh, to to push her, push her a bit harder. Mm-hmm. And Carlisle would, uh, Carlisle would hit her stop cuts, stop cuts around the wrist as he's trying to chase her down the piste. Um, and actually, at the beginning of the fight, Carlisle had taken the initiative more to kind of neutralise the effect of mm. of Gregorio's attack. So quite a lot of the fight in the first first period mm. was was spent in Gregorio's half of the piste. It's a classic case of, you know, you're the coach standing at the side, your fencer's getting an Absolute cuffing, uh, and all you can do is go. Well, just change something. Who cares what it is? <laughs> Please try something. Anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something's going to work. But it was with Olga Carlan in that kind of form. She fenced some of the best fences in the world there, mm-hmm. giving them an absolute thumping. Yeah, you know the form fencer, the Olympic champion, one of the stars of last season. None of them have got more than six hits on her. Well, I hope that the uh, I hope the coaches are going to watch some video. Do a bit of head scratching and come back on that one. Otherwise, uh, I hate to say it, it could be a bit boring just watching Carlin smashing everybody. I, I don't I, know, actually. I mean, I, I, I would have a, a pretty high tolerance to that because it was an absolutely awesome performance, right. a complete masterclass, and hitting with absolutely everything. It's, it would be boring if you only hit with one or two things. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. But she's got, got the full range. Yeah. And so, I, have to, I do have to go back. So I, I did, was tremendous. Yeah, I, 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 did, I did mean to go back and watch this. I just haven't had the time. But Yeah, you dipped in one... Pick one semi-final, which was okay. Yeah. But meanwhile, all around it, some absolutely amazing things are happening. Yeah. You missed that altogether. Yeah. So you, you should, you should go back yeah. for it. So I, I can't, I can't pass any judgment because I haven't seen it. So yeah. fair enough. Well, if you're going to plug yourself for this season for watching uh-huh. a bit more Saber, that's okay. a, it's a really oh. good place to start. Good. Even if you just pick out, um, Olga Carlan's last eight semi-final and final fights, okay. they were, that's, that's only going to take up what? Half an hour of your time and actual real <laughs> fencing time. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. And and well worth well worth the visit. Mm-hmm. In the teams, in the semi-finals, Italy beat Russia 45-38. Uh, mm-hmm. And France beat Korea 45-41. Mm. Italy-France in the final. The first fight really kind of set the tone for the, for the match. Vecchi beat Lembach 5-0. Oh, right, wow. And established the lead. Occasionally France got close, and I think very briefly, kind of in the middle of the fight, just about level, or maybe even got a point up, but pretty much Italy looked in control of things. Lembach was immediately subbed off after that, All right. but then brought back on again for uh, for the last leg mm-hmm. uh, against Gregorio, and it was a you know, four-point four gap, 40-36 sure. at that okay. stage, mm-hmm. and Gregorio sort of steer, steers them home as right. they're... New, new, new top fencer, I think. All right. um, probably wouldn't have been at the start of last season. No, I don't think we uh, Vecchi would. Vecchi would have been the, yeah. the the big name in the Italian team. I don't think we really talked about Gregorio. In fact, did we mention her last year? I don't think we did. I think she hit some form towards the the end of the season. I mean, she wasn't a certainly not a consistent winner. No, I think, but I think she did medal a couple of times. Okay, but certainly, certainly the hot ticket at the mm-hmm. moment okay. uh, in in women's sabre with a win and a runners up, and as I say, steering Italy home. Uh, against France because I've mentioned it before. I mean, I'm a big, a big fan of the the French women's saber team because yeah. they've got a lot of variety, a lot of interest, and they mm-hmm. they they like to play. Yeah, Italian's a bit more ruthlessly efficient, mm-hmm. a little less exciting to watch, perhaps. But they're, they're probably the most consistent women's saber team. Pretty sure they are top of the rankings okay. because they don't they don't mess up, 
and indeed they didn't hear. So a forty-five forty win there, uh, and that's basically what you want. Well, well, yes and no. I mean, As I, I, I'm talking about if you if you want to get medals and be at the top of the tree. Yes, ruthlessly yeah, efficient is yeah. what you want. If, if you're the participant, yeah, it's, yeah. it's spectator. You might look for a little more, yeah. a little more excitement. I mean, I've, I've had my moments about boring epi. We both have. I, I don't think Saber lasts long enough for you to be bored. I, I've got a pretty short attention span these days. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah, so I, anyway, I, I enough guess, of that. What went to next? Uh, we're going <laughs> to talk about some epi. <laughs> oh, okay. We're, we're going to try and talk about some epi. The, the, the issue I've got here is that there was very little to actually talk about. Well, there was loads of fencing going on, but we didn't get to see any of it. Yeah. So there'll be no... Can't make, really make any comment about how how it went down. So we'll, let's start with Suzu in China. Okay, so women's epi in Suzu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no live stream last year, no sign of anything this year. No, nothing no, at just, all. We've just got yeah. scores. Yeah, I mean, you get you get relatively live results, but we kind of expect or hope and expect for for better than that, and no sign of it happening in in Suzu. Just to sort of talk a little bit about this, the it would be nice if we had a bit of consistency. Oh yeah, you know what to expect. Yeah, from an A grade, you would know. I mean, obviously, we were pals with people of fencing, and they do a great job of finding the live links, and that makes our lives a bit easier, right? Mm, yeah, but that's that's by the by. What I was just thinking about, I have been thinking about recently, is it would be nice if we could get some consistency in the the World Cup scene. We would know if there was going, we could be guaranteed that there would be streaming to every event, or we would know the events where at the start of the season these are the ones that will be covered, mm-hmm. and there will be some streaming at these ones to make sure you can tune in. My own feeling is that for if you're running a senior World Cup. Part of the deal of you getting to run your senior World Cup mm-hmm. is that you will provide a live stream at least from at least for the semi-finals yeah. and finals, yeah. and ideally much more of it all possible. Yeah. It doesn't have to be spectacular. It has to be, have a certain level, minimum level of quality. So, has to be better than Cancun. <laughs> has to be better than Cancun. <laughs> doesn't have to be as good as the the Grand Prix. No, you don't have to have it with the Sphinx in the background, for example. Right? All right, okay. but that would be nice. But. It would look a bit odd, you know, in, in some places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the Edinburgh E-grade, there, <laughs> yes. there you are with the Sphinx in the background. <laughs> yeah, what's that doing there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, FIE insisted. So, what happened in Suzu then? Well, we can only really go by the scores, so oh, let's just have a so I'll look at the, the quarterfinals. Who do we have in the quarterfinals? We had Pantlyeva of Ukraine versus uh, Piekarska of Poland. We had uh, Yi Wen-sun of China against uh, Zhashkovac, Hungary. Mm-hmm. We had Natalie Mulhausen of Brazil versus Lee of Korea. Oh, can I dive in there? Natalie Mulhausen. We talked about her very briefly last time. There's a bit of seeming disagreement between us about where she does her fencing. Okay. So I went and checked this afterwards. Oh, cause right. Because I'm, yeah. I'm nerdy, because it was bothering me. Um, she fenced for Italy at the London Olympic Games in 2012. Okay. But she moved to Paris to train and now fences for Brazil. So right. we're kind of both ha- kind of half right. Okay. Trains in France had previously fenced for Italy, so bit of both. But now, now fencing for Brazil since 2014, I think. What happened there? Anyway, never mind. And then we also had uh, Marta Zaeva of Russia against Napik uh, Miazga of uh, Poland. Now, that's, there was this, the matchups there are pretty interesting, and I can't really see anything about the fencing. But I'm quite interested in the Molhausen versus Lee fight in the quarterfinals because it finished at 14-13, and I'd like to see that because you know Natalie's quite tall and long. Mm-hmm. Uh, has that kind of Bishop Pommler has yep. that kind of style to her and I think Lee's quite is the aggressive Korean oh I can't remember yes. sorry I think she's the aggressive one because you know you've obviously got Shin Alam and yep. that kind of fencing but you've also got 
more tra- well, what I'm now thinking of as traditional. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think so Lee's aggressive, the, exciting fence. I think Lee's the one that has the aggressive Korean style. Okay. So it's a, it's a fight I'm actually quite interested in seeing. I don't know. I can't, it's a 14 13 that finishes up. Suggests it's quite close, but you, you can't really tell from the scores. So anyway, uh, Natalie wins that one and goes through. And Napic, uh, Miazga beats, uh, Martizev of Russia and, uh, they make up the first semi final. Okay. Okay. Now Natalie wins 59, so. So that's fair, fair enough there. In the other semi-final, Piakarska comes up against uh, Yi Wing Sun, and the score was ten four for China. Yeah, Sorry, okay, I'm, I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to see it. No, no, I'm not going to see it either. But without any video, we can't really see anything very much no, there. So, uh, no. if, you, if you have nothing nice to see, don't see it. Yeah. Don't see it. Uh, so into the final, we get Nathan Mulhausen versus uh, Yi Wing Sun, and uh, Sun wins fifteen nine. Okay, now. Neither of those fences are inherently very aggressive. No. And I think Sun, I might be wrong on this one, she's another Pommeler, I think. I'm not sure that she is. No? But she's very tall. Right. But okay. I think she's a, a pistol gripper. She, I think she's a pistol gripper. Okay, I'll stand corrected on that one then. That's fine. fine. I'm not absolutely certain, but I'm... Well, I'm not certain she's a, a French gripper. So <laughs> okay. But, but I, I do remember her being tall. Yeah. So maybe I'm just building that she must be doing Pommeling into it's, her mind. Yeah. Anyway, we know we have checking what they were using no, because no, there was no, no no video, no live stream, no no nothing. So just the results. Just the so, results. Uh, a home win. Yeah, home win. And I'm sure Hugh's very happy with that. Of course. Of course, because he's always happy. Now, on the, in the, into the teams, uh, it looks like uh, a Poland beat Korea in the final. Okay, that's a good result for Poland, I would yeah. say. So interesting that you had the two pol- uh, Poles making the last eight yeah. and then them edging out Korea actually in the... Uh, in the actual team event as well, so I'm very, I'm sure that the the polls are very happy. If we go down, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good weekend for Poland certainly. I, I would say, yeah, yeah, especially as they've, so gone, all, they've gone all the way to China and everything like that. I think it's a really good result for them. So in the third and fourth playoff, though, we had Estonia versus Russia, and it was Estonia that won that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and outside of that, we don't. I mean, it's, it's pretty much apart from Poland winning. I think it looks pretty much like. What you would expect in terms okay, of Okay, so what about goal. France and Italy and. Well, Italy makes the last day, and France. Oh, actually, where is France? Well, France actually there. Well, that is interesting. No, France weren't actually didn't submit a team. No French team. So, oh, that is a very interesting thing there. Okay, I wonder why. I wonder why. Expensive? We, it's p- you've got to think. You've got who to, knows? We, who knows? We don't know. There was no footage. No, we don't know anything else. Maybe result. our maybe our friends in the uh, French Federation. Yeah, I might. I might will, drop. Uh, drop we'll be our, able to to give us an idea of why that why that was. Yeah, I might. I might drop our pals over at the FFA Alliance. Hmm, wonder why that was. Just looking at the last sixty four, there are no French in the last sixty four in the individual either. Okay, so that's just suggesting just didn't send anyone. No, no French squad to no to China. Mm-hmm. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so the other IP action we've had uh, since then was Legnano in Italy. Mm-hmm. And again, we don't have any footage, or I couldn't find anything online. So if anybody knows it, what yeah, this might no, be. I mean, that struck me as weird, because I, I was, went looking for it as well, and I could find absolutely nothing. There is a link for a, a live stream when you look up the competition on the FI yeah. website, but it just takes you to the Fedesherma website. And it's, it looks like it's gone missing, essentially. Yeah. So, uh, so who knows what happened there? And yeah. certainly there's nothing on the Italian Federation's YouTube channel. 
yeah, nothing anywhere else that yeah. you would you would normally think to look for these things. So really weird. If anybody knows where there is footage from from Lignano, please let us know because yeah. I would I would like to to see some of that. And, and, and judging by the results, I think it might have been quite an interesting one. Just even from just purely from the actual results themselves. Mm-hmm. So the results for uh, for Lignano are, are actually quite interesting. I think so. In the last day, got Paolo Pizzo, reigning world champion. Yeah. Uh, one of our well, one of my favourite nut, nut jobs in the FC scene at the moment. <laughs> He's uh, um, delightfully eccentric, I think. Yeah, that's about how yeah. you're supposed to describe him. Uh, he strikes me as somebody who has a very good sense of humour as well. I follow him on Instagram a lot. Yeah, seems like good fun. Yeah, but uh, a serious fencer as well. Uh, but a very serious fencer, uh, very hard to fence. I can't imagine how I'd ever managed it. Anyway, never mind. Here, his opponent in the last eight was Daniel Berta of Hungary. Heard of him? No, no, neither had I. Okay, we'll come back to him in a minute. Armand Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made the last eight. Congratulations to Max. Actually, that is now because I did watch a couple of Max's fight fights on Max Heinzer TV because he was fencing one of the British guys in the That's last right. sixty four. So I tuned in for that, and then mm-hmm. I think I tuned in for the one after that as well. Because the only the only footage I've seen from Lignano is that flick that he does against Sanchez Lathan. I think it yep. was Paul. Is it yeah. Paul, Paul. He does a really does a lo- really really lovely pick up and flick, and you think. You think Paul's got him? No, that's no. not true at all. Afraid not. Anyway, anyway uh, he had a, he had Marco Fichera, another one of our uh, favourite Italian nut jobs. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably marginally marginally less nutty than than Paolo, I think. Yeah. Well, it's just difficult to watch. I think that's where because it, it's, it's, it's nerve wracking to watch. Nerve wracking. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we do love we do, we do love Marco. Uh, Ruslan Karbanov of uh, Kazakhstan. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Masaru Yamada of Japan. Mm-hmm. He's not actually. He's, he's coming on form now. Uh, he wasn't one of the ones who was I was really looking for last year. Right. But he seems to be coming on form this year. Uh, Daniel Giron of uh, France and Andres Redley of Hungary. Ah, okay. okay. So there's some names there. Yeah. Some unusual there are, yeah, ones. Yeah. yeah. So Daniel goes on to beat Paolo Pizzo. Okay. So Daniel, who again? What was his name? Uh, Berta. <laughs> right. Sorry. Okay. Still doesn't ring a bell. Uh, yeah. So he, he edges out Paolo 15 uh, 13. Okay. And makes it, makes it into the semi final. And Ma- Max absolutely, I'm judging this by the score, annihilates Marco 15 6 and goes into the semi. Oh, it's, it's hard to dress a 15 6 up as anything other than a thrashing. Yeah. yeah. So I would love to see that particular fight. I have to go and have a look, closer look at Ma- uh, Max's page and see if he's got anything about that on it. I would have thought it was a good chance, yeah. Yeah. Because the way that Marco fences, the way that Max fences, you just got to think that's quite an interesting one to see. So they, they make it into the semi final. It's uh, Daniel Berta, I'm not familiar with him, uh, up against Max, and Daniel wins, 15-7. So he takes Max apart in the semi. What's going on here? That's epi. Oh, yeah. Pure epi. That is a proper epi result, isn't it? It is a proper epi result. So you would put money probably on Max to whoever whoever Daniel is, you'd put Mm -hmm. Max on to win, more experience. Has actually been at this this league before. I don't recognise Daniel's name. I might have missed him, but... I don't remember ever mentioning him recently. No, maybe very young or something like that. It's I think he's young. I think, he might, I think he's either, I need to double check, but I think he's a junior or late junior. Okay. And then in, obviously in the other half, we have uh, Rustin Kurbanov uh, up against Masuri Yamada. Kurbanov wins that one 14-11, so I'm not entirely sure how good that fight was. But Kurbanov's quite an interesting character. He's, uh, he's quite aggressive. Well, you'd say Russian style, do you know what I mean? Yeah, he was... Now, he won the Asian Championships That's last right. year. He was the sort of surprise winner when we were That's looking right, forward yeah. to yeah. Uh, amazing performances from the Koreans, Japanese, or you in particular were looking forward to the yeah. amazing performances by Korean, Japanese, and Kurbanov nipped, nipped in and won the, won the Asian Championships. 
Yeah, and I saw him fence at Leipzig as well against, I can't remember who it was, but it was a, it was really, really close. Right. And I think Kerbinoff, it was the one that where Kerbinoff went through and then he went out in the next round. But anyway, Kerbinoff is a very aggressive fencer from right. what I remember. And in the other last eight, uh, Redley beat uh, Daniel Dujon, uh, 50-10. Good one. I mean, that, that would be one where you could, you could pick either one. Yeah, exactly. You, you wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, so it's, it's there or thereabouts. So in that semi-final, we have Andras versus Ruslan. And uh, Redley wins that one, thirteen twelve. Oh, okay, nail biter. Possibly Indeed. a thrill a minute. Possibly, possibly exciting. We don't know. We don't yeah. know. We don't know. We, we yeah, don't know. Can't find the footage. Yep. And we're into the final, and it's it's an all Hungarian affair. Hooray! And it's it's uh, Redley versus Daniel Berta. Who wins? That's that's surely enough of of Berta's. Of course, it is. Run. It is. Redley destroys him. Okay. Oof. What relief? Some some normality restored to things. Yeah, that's exactly. good. It's not. It's not a totally crazy epi. It's just normal epi. So uh, Redley beats Berta fifteen six. Okay. Uh, quick. Just a quick spin through the teams. Then I'll just do the semi-finals. Okay. Okay. Oh, sorry. Just to go back. Uh, happy with a with a, a Redley win. I mean, yeah. I know you didn't get to see it, but yeah. Does it start the plug in quite the same way as uh, a Korean win or no, but Cuban would, win or? No. Uh, Japanese win, but no, but we love the Hungarians. That's true, yeah. We love the Hungarians, and uh, they've been on a, shall we say, a bit of a slump. They've not really been firing on all cylinders for a while. Yeah, they've had a few signs of life, a few podiums last season, but the yeah, first but first win for a wee while. Yeah, and, and a one relying, two as well. It's quite. quite I think impressive. they've been relying in a lot more on a sort of a an older generation of fencer. Essentially, uh, Redley's not really a move away from that, is he? <laughs> right, okay, that's a point well made. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about Daniel Red, uh, Daniel Berta here. Okay, uh, he's a younger, he's a youngster or a younger fencer. So yeah, I mean, some of the some of the Hungarian juniors look pretty promising. One of them produced a, an amazing result at one of the early season World Cups last year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Can't came from nowhere. He came from nowhere. Yes, I the, mean he the, was no, not even anywhere in the juniors. That's right. The one, the one that I jokingly said, some they found some twelve-year-old in the street and said, "Here, hold an epi." Fancy a go with this? Yeah. yeah. Oh, what was his name again? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, don't don't, don't sweat it too much, but uh, but that's right. So, has been have been some some good things happening, but yeah, first first win, yeah, for a wee bit. So that's good. And then in the teams, it's 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 much more, shall we say, as you would expect. Uh, let me think. France, Italy, mm-hmm. uh, Korea. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a top three, but something something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Who, who, there's one team you're missing for the for the same for the same final. So. France, Italy, Korea, Russia. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> okay. So in the semi-finals, we, our matchups were uh, France versus Italy. Uh, Italy edged that one, forty-four, forty-three. So quite a close one. And then in the other semi-final, Russia defeated Korea 45-43. Okay. So there's potential for some interesting team fencing there. Yeah, yeah. nail baiting stuff. Yeah. Uh, The final was a bit more one-sided, though, with Russia defeating Italy 45-35. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is a little little more one-sided. I mean, Russia kind of surprised me because they're they're pretty strong, pretty consistent in the teams. Mm -hmm. But they're... They're largely, it seems to me, a team short on superstars, individual superstars, anyway. I think individually... They're okay, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but they're not. Their fencing doesn't set. Does, I, I don't. My, my face doesn't light up when I see that I'm about to watch a Russian fencer. No, that's true. Right? Okay. It's like like when I when I see it's a Korean that's coming up, I'm really excited. Good. Yeah. You know something or some of the French fencers again quite excited. I can't yeah. wait to watch that. Like Yannick didn't make obviously make the 
uh, make the, the, the podium this time around. But, you know, so I'm always quite excited by that. But Russia, hmm, not so much. Even yeah. Italians, actually, would be quite happy to watch a bunch of Italian fencers. Marco yeah, Ficera, Palapizzo, entertaining to watch. Yep. Right? Russia, no. But they won anyway. 45, 45. <laughs> they don't care what you think. Exactly. Uh, just a sort of a brief note before we move on to the, the next event. Uh, in the th- third, fourth playoff in the teams, mm-hmm. it was obviously France versus Korea, and Korea edged that one, 43-42. Okay. So lots of tense, exciting matches. Potentially could have been really exciting to watch, yeah. but of course, no sign of any footage. No sign of any footage, which is so, it's a bit of a shame. So. It is, yeah, it's a great shame. So if Lignano, in fact, had done a, a sterling job of producing some live stream stuff and it is hiding out somewhere that we've mm-hmm. failed to find, please, please let us know because we yeah. would be interested to see that. But I've had a look and I haven't found it, so I've got a feeling we're never going to see it now. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you crying in the corner. Sad. Yeah. Right, so what's next? Some women's fall from Samoa. Yes, hooray. Um So this was, well, this, to be honest, was high seed carnage. It was crazy stuff. We've talked about various fencers being super consistent, mm-hmm. always been there, yep. winning yep. on the podium. Very little of that this time round. Kiefer and Bettini, both out in the last 64. Erigo and Derek Lasova and Tibu out in the 32. So there's, if you could ask to pick five names who might win things. It's that lot. Yep. I think it's a good thing for women's foil. You don't necessarily always want the same. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like a uh, bit of variety. I mean, I maybe don't want things quite as crazy as, let's say, Menzepi, for example, where almost anybody can win. Yeah. But yeah, you want, you want things shaken up now and again. But this was a particularly dramatic version of this with mm-hmm. uh, all the guys you expect to be battling out at the top end of things. Yeah. yeah. Out, out even before the 16. Uh, probably the only real exception to that, well, maybe not quite, were Two of the contestants in the in the quarterfinals that faced up against each other was uh, Elisa Volpe and Nicole Ross, with Volpe edging that one 15-13. Other quarterfinals, well, featured uh, three Koreans, which is a, a, a proper turn-up, because the Korean women's foilers have been, well, in sort of in different form recently. Yeah, they've been okay, but... Not excited. Well, that's not the right word to use. They've not they've not been making medals and posi- no, and definitely podium not. stuff. Definitely not. So, so we had now a couple of ones that were relatively unfamiliar names to me. I would I yeah. would have to admit. Chai Song O beat Aida Mohammed of Hungary fifteen ten. That's actually not a bad result for for Mohammed who I went and checked actually because I figured he was pretty ancient forty one apparently. Really? Yeah, good age. Quarterfinal number two, an old Korean affair. Uh, with Hong Hyo Jin <laughs> defeating teammate Jeon Hyo Suk, uh, yeah. 15 9. Gosh. And now, while I do love Korean fencers, mm-hmm. pronouncing their names is a bit of a struggle for me. Yeah. To me, I, I mean, this is one of the things that always trips me up. So, that, so when it comes to the Southeast Asian fencers, we should pronounce it. Song well, we would Hyo- consider a surname first. Yeah. Sort of family name, if you like, mm-hmm. and then. Okay. Now this we we talked a little bit about this one offline. This particular fight when I was like, well, Hong looks like an actual fencer. Che looks no. We actually we we have a an old Korean semi final, which actually I think was the one that you saw. Oh, sorry. Right. Yes. Uh huh. So mm. hold your hold your horses. Oh, sorry. To come. And the the last of the quarterfinals, uh, Svetlana Tripipina of Russia. Mm-hmm. See, I've got the hang of her name because I've had to say it a few times. Yeah. <laughs> defeated uh, Kiarasini of Italy, fifteen uh, eleven. Mm. So that made our semi final lineup. Chai against Hong, yep. two, two Koreans, which I think was the, the one that... That's the one I was about to talk about. You were yeah. about to talk about. And uh, Volpi against Tripipina. So, semi-final one, Chai against Hong was a bit of an anti-climax. Mm-hmm. Chai had to withdraw with injury. 
Yeah. To uh, it wasn't totally clear whether it was a, an existing injury to right knee or ongoing cramp, but uh, I had to pull out the fight relatively early. Yeah, I, I, did, I did see that. I thought up until that point that she looked like a very sort of odd-looking fencer, mm-hmm. but I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought that through when I was talking about it because obviously she withdrew. So if she's carrying yeah. an injury, she's not going to look one hundred percent anyway. No, nope, indeed, indeed. So that that was a little disappointing. If you were looking mm-hmm. forward to a bit of all three in action, uh, that one of them had to. Had to pull out with injury. Yeah. Um, second semi-final play made up for it though, and the final that followed was all yeah. pretty exciting mm-hmm. though. Uh, so Volpe, Tripapina, Volpe doing the pressing at the beginning of the fight. Mm-hmm. Tripapina on the on the back line for for quite a bit of it. Neither fencer particularly taking advantage of that that sort of setup. Volpe had a narrow lead six five, and then Tripapina started to start to press a bit more mm-hmm. to make a bit more of her own attacks but neither of them were hugely successful of actually hitting with their attacks there was no. a lot of um, a lot of counter-attacks a lot of reposts a lot of counter-parry reposts but the initial action itself rarely producing yeah. the goods well I, I noticed it remember when I was saying this is, more, this is a bit more like an Effie match with the tax failing and the counter-attack scoring quite, yeah, there's quite the, a lot of that happening a fair, fair number of parry reposts in there as well so it wasn't all yeah. counter-attacks mm-hmm. but uh, yeah pretty evenly matched all the way up but then to sort of buck the trend towards the end of the the match of fourteen all, Volpe takes the win with a you know with a really nice attack, really yeah. spectacular stuff. So a proper nail biter, mm-hmm. one that goes one that goes to a single hit victory uh, with all action all the way there, but evenly paced, you know, not not going mad. Before we move on as well, oh actually I'll, I'll talk about this in a minute. But the I thought Tripapina's hit to level that particular fight was great at fourteen all, at yeah, fourteen all, absolutely astonishing. So two two good attacks in a in a fight that had been mm-hmm. short of attacks up yeah. to that point, and it was, it was uh, to decide it. Really, really nice priest affair. Both. Hits Alice. It was a really, really nice hit. Yeah. I thought she was going to take it at that point, but Alice is having none of that. Nope. Finished it off really well. Um, so a final, Hong v. Volpe. And at least Volpe looked well in control of things. She was um, a long way up, looked in control of the fight. Yeah. Looked like her, her sort of greater experience of being in these things was was going to be decisive. Mm-hmm. And she built up a, a pretty comfortable lead, 8-3 up. But Hong had, had a really sort of battling style. It was... Lots of action, lots of finding the blade, lots of pushing, yeah. lots of moving things around, and she she kept kept going, kept kept yeah. pushing, and gradually found her way way back into it, and eventually got to the got to the second break only eight six down, and eventually levels things up at, at nine all, level at twelve all, it, it really could could go either way, but eventually Hong Hong takes the win with you know just. Just really finding a, finding a way to, to win when she didn't look like she really yeah. quite had the, the tools to do it at the start That's of the right. fight. Yeah. How, when was the last time there was a Korean women's foilist winning? Oh, couldn't tell you. Not, I don't think any time in the last three or four seasons. Because like, it's quite interesting because we've seen sort of a sort of a coming to life of Korean fencing, I think. We've been, I'm quite, I'm obviously quite excited about uh, the Korean men's epias. You're yeah. quite excited about this, their sabre fencers. Yeah, the saber the saber team has been a a superstar team for a while. Yeah, their epi team looks increasingly like it should be. Yeah, more often than not, the mm-hmm. the dominant force doesn't quite work out that way. But they've got lots of people who can win people yeah. who can win they've, individual they've got, events. I think they've got interchangeable superstars. Yes, right? that's so right. Yeah, one, so one will be a whole there. team of them. That's yeah. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and then what we're seeing here is a potentially breakthrough moment. Potentially, we'd have to keep an eye on that breakthrough moment for them for in women's foil. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you want to read too too much into it for a you know a single day, but no, the fact that there wasn't just uh, a Korean winner, but you also had another Korean in the semi final and another in the top eight yeah. is um, it's a, it's yeah, a, it's a, it's a strong score performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so we'll we'll see how it 
see how it pans out for the rest of the season. But yeah, so, as you say, a big, big day for Korean women's yeah. foilists. And another second place for, for Volpe as well. So that's the last three events. Mm-hmm. She was second here, second in Cancun, second at the World Championships. Yeah. I have tarred a few of the men's foilists as being serial non-winners. Oh. Uh, I don't want to put Alicia Volpe in the, in the same boat just yet, mm-hmm. but three successive runner-up spots. It's a bit it. like Yannick Burrell last year. Always up there, always a standing. A little standing. bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, uh, one of our one of our teammates on the men's foil side. Well, he does the same thing, doesn't he? Does the same thing, always there, mm-hmm. hardly ever wins. One of the Americans as well, who we'll talk about again, and was very yeah. close, doesn't win very much. Uh, just before we move on, I noticed that Alice is actually up for a sports personality award in Italy. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot to mention that one. I just, I just remembered it just there. I can't remember what the award is, but she was, uh, I noticed it on Instagram and she was, uh, she was thoroughly chuffed to actually be getting some recognition in her home country. Good stuff. So again, more, more fencing goes mainstream. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Can we vote? No, I don't think we can. Uh, It's it's one that's a closed shop thing. I don't think it's public vote at all. All right. Okay. So a panel of experts decides that, you know, somebody you've never heard of is. Italian Sports Personality of the Year. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like those. They're probably um, more reliable than asking the public. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, who knows what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, on to our final event that we'll be discussing in this podcast, the men's foil from Tokyo. Now, glorious live stream for this, mm-hmm. but happening in, well, the middle of the night in UK time. Yeah. Competition taken in Japan. I, th- I can't remember what the time difference was. Something like nine hours. So, basically, the last 64 fights were happening starting at midnight or something yeah. like that. So um, I did watch quite a bit of this because okay. I like watching men's foil. Quite a bit of British interest. There was four four Brits into the into last 64. Whereas I actually said, uh, so I'm going to bed. Right, okay. Well, I mean, that's a... I'm sorry to hear you were a little less heroic uh, <laughs> in your in your pursuit of thoroughly professional coverage of the of the sport, Gav. Uh, but um, <laughs> I understand you, you may be feeling the, feeling the tiredness a little more than I do. Yeah, no. I have a young child. I, yeah. I need some sleep. Okay, fair enough. However, the disappointing thing is that having got up during the, the middle of the night to, to watch more of this as the, as the night wore on, that was a, a few weeks ago now. And now the, the beautiful footage, actually it wasn't that brilliant. The sound was a bit dodgy on the, on the mm-hmm. live stream, but all four pieces, finals well presented. None of that is now on the Japanese Fencing Federation's YouTube. Mm-hmm channel there is nothing it has no content which is what it says so So they're showing the live streams and then whiff them away yeah so you don't get to see them ever again yeah so it's to be me basically i can't catch up now because i really wanted to watch this but yeah well you gotta remember i'm watching this in the middle of the night i'm kind of half asleep some of it was great some really good fights mainly watching uh richard cruz's progress Mm -hmm. went out in the last 16 to garrick meinhardt but it was kind of an Early morning sort of time by the time it got to the semi-finals and finals. So I was kind of properly awake to watch those, but would love to have seen them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is my, my recollection of what the fights were like from okay. what two or three weeks ago. Okay. Uh, so it may not be entirely accurate. I'll give you a quick rundown of the quarterfinals. Oh, uh, well, a few early departures actually. Who went out in the 64? Uh, world champion Dmitry Zerubchenko went out in the 64. Miles Chamley Watson, sort of poster boy for the event, having mm-hmm. won it last year, seemed very pleased to be um, on the on the poster for the Tokyo World Cup, it was all over Instagram. It was, yep, yep. He died straight in the last sixty four. So one one fight individual. That's your that's your lot. And Kalong Chung, uh, another high end top sixteen fencer, mm-hmm. all set in the sixty four. Massey Allison Fukuni in the thirty two. 
Yep, and uh, Cruz, Imboden, and Avila all out in the sixteen. Mm-hmm. So a few relatively unfamiliar faces in the in the quarterfinals. Garrett Meinhardt, fencer you I'd mentioned, who probably doesn't win as much as he should do. He was missed, he missed a consistency though, or he used mm. to be before he had to take a break. Actually, get a job. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming that he's still um, doing a proper job, mm-hmm. and he's his ranking has dropped down. So I think actually. Coming into this, he was 17th in the world rankings mm-hmm. and only got his place in sort of straight into the 64 without having to do the pools because Garozzo and uh, Timur Safin were, were not there. Right, okay. uh, were both absent. But he more or less made the most of his opportunity beating Hong Kong's uh, Nicholas Edward Choi um, All right. with a, a 15-11. A bit of a breakthrough result for, for Choi. Uh, fairly regularly makes the last 64, regularly produces really strong performances in the pools, doesn't often get past the last 64, but a thoroughly good run here uh, before being knocked out by Meinhardt in the quarterfinals. Andrea Cassara beat Enzo the 4, 15-12 in the quarterfinals. Didn't watch that one. The quarterfinal that I did watch was Owen Le Pichu, our mm-hmm. favourite Frenchman, yep. beating uh, Shikini of Japan, uh, one of the exciting young Japanese fencers with a, a reasonably comfortable 15-9. And uh, at that point, I was starting to get, you know, quite excited. All these, all these oldies uh, with Lepeshu and Cassara, uh, both comfortably into the 30s through to the semi-finals. And the last quarter-final was Eduardo Luperi against Damiano Rossatelli. So two Italians there. Fairly comfortable one for Luperi. Luperi's probably looking to get some results now because a couple of years ago, he was in the Italian team and has gradually sort of drifted out, been replaced by Fukuni. And at the moment, he's... He looks a sort of fair distance away. He wouldn't even be the probably sort of first first reserve for the Italian team Who, at the moment. How old is Lepere now? He's still pretty young. He's what twenty four. Right, he's not that old. Okay, no, okay. no, no. But he was in he was in the team in his early twenties. And Rossatelli's well was junior world camp champion. Yeah, a couple of years ago, three years ago, perhaps. Again, two two young Italians probably looking to try and push their case for getting into the Italian mm. team. Before the before the Olympics in N- Tokyo, Mister hasn't quite reached that point yet, though, has he? He's kind of Mister consistent. Always does a good job when he fences in the in the team event. Yeah, but doesn't doesn't quite produce the goods in the individuals to to push himself far enough at the world rankings right. to be consistent mm-hmm. top sixteen ranked fencer. So yeah, the Perry Rossitelli, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, worth yeah. worth keeping an eye on as ones who might force their way into the Italian team. So Casar against Meinhardt. Kassar probably not the force that he once was. I mean, he was the man in men's foil for mm-hmm. a, a very long time. He is now comfortably into his 30s, 32, 33, something like that. And yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't make it on the podium very often these days. Yeah, not, not, not so much at all. Yeah. Um, whereas Garrett Meinhardt, still comparatively young, although, mm-hmm. yeah, a seasoned competitor has been around for a, a long time. Uh, before, beforehand, I would, Probably put my money on on Meinhardt to do it, mm-hmm. but Kassar pretty much bullied him out of the fight. Really? Yep. Okay, fair enough. And a, a reasonably comfortable fifteen eleven. So with a you know with that lineup of, of two oldies and the, the wildly erratic Perry mm-hmm. along with Meinhardt, I would have thought that looking at that going that. into it, you would think, well, Meinhardt probably should win. Meinhardt, oh, I see what you're probably okay. the best fencer there uh-huh. on on current form. Yeah, and he's on. Yeah, as you say, he's, in the past he's been Mr. Consistent, unflappable. Would that be the way to describe him? 
and yet managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory when mm. when he gets to later stages. And, and I thought this felt like another one where he probably should be beating Kassar these days. Yeah, and and didn't and didn't really look like doing it either. I mean, Kassar is just a bit too wily. But anyway, yeah. Well, certainly um, Lepeshi was was way too wily for Luperi in the other semi final, a fifteen eight win, yeah. and um, yeah, well well worth it. Mm-hmm. So it gave. Give us a, you know, an oldies day out. Okay, when was the last time these two faced each other in a gold medal match? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, it's been a while. Casara has has won World Cups comparatively recently. He won he won the Europeans not that long ago as well. Last time Lepeshu won a senior World Cup or Grand Prix, 2012. He is, he is our man, though. I mean, he, he is. He, yeah, but yeah. I mean, he's he's made a few podiums while we've been doing the podcast. Love the way he fences and obviously carries the, the French men's foil team. Mm-hmm. But as an individual fencer, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. So mm-hmm. here we get these two giants of men's foil. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Apart from the only, only, <laughs> only a metaphorical giant, obviously, <laughs> in, in our one's case. So in the final, we've got Armand Lepeshu. Yeah. I mean, I, equally, I would almost consider sort of Kassar, one of us as well, simply because he's been around so long, such a dominant <laughs> figure. Yeah. Um, Lepeshu making the, the early running at a pretty big lead. I think he was something like 8-3 up mm-hmm. uh, and pretty much in control of uh, things. Did tire a little bit. I mean, he's only got little legs. They do they do move around a lot mm-hmm. and he is getting on a bit. And Kassar clawed his way back into it, levels at 14-0. Uh, but Lepeshu finishes it off with, mm-hmm. a, with a rather glorious power post to take the win. So really pleased. Not quite veteran in the sort of literal sense of over forty, but yeah. you know someone who's been a, a star of the sport, claiming a win for the first time in in a good long while. The only image I've seen from Tokyo of the actual fencing uh-huh. is actually Urban after he scored the point. Yeah, he's keeled over. He's and, keeled over. And yeah, looks, yeah, it looks like oh my god, I've, well, well, I've done it finally. Just, yeah, you know. Yeah, no, it was it was uh, thoroughly impressive stuff. And as I say, my, my only real annoyance now is that can't go back and watch it again apparently so I'm hoping that the Japanese Federation are just away kind of tidying up their video and will release a whole load of them at some point mm-hmm. fairly soon uh, because I would hate to think that you know they've done all that live streaming uh, which looked, as I say sounds a bit a bit terrible but the actual video footage itself was rather good with an exciting exciting final uh, a noble victor and I would really quite like to see that again uh, and I'd like to see it at I'd all, like yes. To see it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sleep less. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's my advice, guys. Sleep, oh. sleep less. Okay. Which brings us on to the teams. So, in terms of shocks and surprises, men's foil has been, to a large degree, uh, a closed shop recently. Top four teams have been, well, have been the semi finalists at almost all the World Cups yeah. uh, and the World Championships recently. Uh, so, this seriously, seriously bucked the trend in the Tokyo World Cup teams. First big shock, shock of the day uh, in the last 16, Denmark beat Italy. Just absolutely incredible. Uh, I, I actually didn't believe that when I saw the news. I thought there was a typo. I thought they just put them the wrong around. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Denmark, eh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, I interviewed Lawrence last season. And it does look like there's, you know, making genuine progress and a yeah. lot of work going into to, to Danish fencing. But this is a, a properly breakthrough breakthrough result for the for the young Danish team and uh with with Lawrence at the helm and uh Mort Triel Morsch uh, their their coach mm-hmm. making 
kind of instant impact. I mean, they had a good World Championships. Uh, all, all four of their team made the made the last sixty four, and I think one of them went on to make the last thirty two. So the different signs of progress. But this is a this is a biggie. Yeah, um, and. Uh, doesn't the team count for more in terms of the right? Well, we're not into the Olympic season yet. But. No, not yet. But you want to get your ranking up there before qualifying starts yeah. because it makes your life a lot easier. Yeah, going into the into the direct eliminations. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no there's no pools in the team events. If your ranking's rubbish, you're going to get somebody horrible pretty yeah. early on in the day. Well, good. Congratulations, Denmark. Denmark. Um, they did then follow up by beating China in the last <laughs> eight, so they were in, into the semi final. And further shocks: um, Japan beat Russia in the last eight mm-hmm. uh, with a a pretty convincing one, actually. Uh, uh, 45-32. Korea beat France in the eight as well. All oh, right, okay. So, oh, I'm presumably a bit pooped after his exertions yeah. the day before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, couldn't, couldn't dig the French out of trouble, and uh, Korea won 45-35. So that made the semi-finals. USA was the only sort of, only one of the big four of mm-hmm. USA, Italy, France, and Russia that are almost always in the semi-finals mm-hmm. to to sail on through to the semis, where they beat Japan 45-38, Korea beat Denmark 45-37. Right. And a fairly untroubled day, really, for the USA in the end, beating Korea pretty comfortably yeah. with a, a, a 45-34 in the final. So Denmark, the... The real shock there. The real shock there, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and strong performances from uh, Korea and Japan, which they've had the sort of potential to do, but beating one of the big four to, to produce that. In Tokyo was, mm-hmm. and again yeah, we were talking good, about good the Korean, for Korean women's foil just a minute. Yeah, ago, so. exactly. Interesting. Yeah, so ramp, ramping up in the foil side of things to try and join their their superstars in in men's saber and men's epi. So that pretty much rounds up all our competition coverage. So, coolest fencer on the planet. Yes, well we forgot to do that last time round, but that was largely down to the fact that. Uh, since Richard Cruz had won a World Cup and he's British, he therefore automatically becomes coolest fencer on the planet. That's so while we didn't way. mention it, yeah, yeah uh, while we forgot to mention it at the time, last episode, Richard Cruz, coolest fencer on the planet. So our shortlist for coolest fencer on the planet this time got competitions in all weapons. Mm-hmm. So we've got plenty to choose from. So what's your what's your thinking? Obviously, I made my standard, and this time particularly justified nomination of Erwin Lepeshu. Yeah, winning the men's foil in Tokyo, mm-hmm. uh, one hundred and four. <laughs> oh no, hang on, it's a new season. It'll be one hundred and five now. One hundred and five, yeah. Yep, uh, which was tremendous, and I'm really glad I, I got up very bright and early to to watch that happen, since I can't apparently watch it again. Yeah, Erwin Erwin stands as a, as a nomination. Uh, my nomination is going to be Ibtihaj Mohammed for the. Barbie doll that she was given, or, or yeah, has our has our name put too? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Hong of Korea for a genuinely surprising win in Samoa. Yes, indeed. I would say that's well worth a short listing because mm-hmm. a, a sort of a winner from a country that's been slightly underperforming in women's foil mm-hmm. uh, in a in a strong weekend for them. And what about the, the Danish team for a massive upset in Tokyo? Wait, do you want yeah, I'm tempted. I really am quite tempted with that. Even if we don't want to give it to them, we can give them a nod and say, congratulations, Denmark. They, they certainly make a shortlist. Okay. And if you'd said, Danish men's foil team making the shortlist for close fences on the planet, even a few weeks ago, I might have sniggered slightly. Yeah. <laughs> but they beat Italy as well. I think that's yeah, quite absolutely. something. Yeah, beating Italy and following up with a win against China is uh, thoroughly good going. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty cool. So what do we got we a shortlist. Who are we going to go for? 
I'm tempted to go for the Danish foilists. Really? Uh, <laughs> I, I did chat to, chat to a couple of them uh, in Leipzig. Uh, really nice nice guys. Mm-hmm. Lawrence Halstead steering the fortunes of uh, of Danish fencing as our performance director. Are but, you sure you'd want it to be our, our tiny little pocket French foilist, Urban? Well, the thing is, <laughs> I nominate him every time. Uh-huh. We've actually chosen him as coolest fencer on the planet, I think at least twice now in 22 previous episodes. Okay. And while this is probably at least as justified as any other one with a, a first World Cup win in five years, I actually feel slightly guilty <laughs> choosing uh-huh. him again, so I feel that I can't this time. Okay. okay. I think I, I like Ibtahaj. I, I like this idea of the the Muslim fencer yeah. making it into the mainstream. Uh, it's a positive role model for you know women's fencing around the world, and so just a generally positive sign in America of some things of things moving in the right direction when they've been slightly troubled recently. Yeah, I would say so. Clearly, a tremendous role model mm-hmm. being recognised in a, a very mainstream way. Yeah. In a country that, as you say, is going through times where that's not something that you see as much as you would like to. Yeah. So I think for that, for the sort of greater, greater, wider view of the world, yeah. Ibtahaj Muhammad is our coolest fencer and undoubtedly coolest Barbie <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> and Sean, you would know. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, that's enough of that nonsense. Yes. So just a quick shout out to our patrons. You make all of this wonderful stuff happen. Yeah, don't be shy. If you're enjoying what we do, please feel free to go onto our Patreon page, become yes. a supporter, give mm-hmm. us a tiny little bit of your money, because it all helps us to do just that little bit more. Oh, and our flights and hotel are booked for our annual trip to Paris. Well, it's an annual trip for me. You missed out last year, obviously. <laughs> yeah. but, but finally, you, you're you're allowed out again. Hooray. So we'll be mm-hmm. there uh, bright and early on Friday morning, pretty much for things mm-hmm. kicking off. Excellent. I'll be taking my camera, be dropping a dropping a, a line to the the FFE saying I'll be there uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they'll give you abuse exactly uh, so that's all, all something to look forward to yeah. uh, don't forget we want to hear from you uh, you can contact us via our Facebook page at the Fencing Podcast uh, we get interested we get to get more chat from you guys like to hear some more feedback you are very very quiet and I know some of you that listen and you're not really quiet in real life at all so come and speak to us on, on social media mm-hmm. uh, you can get us at the on Twitter at uh, Fencing Podcast and finally, you can email us at thefencingpodcast at gmail.com. Indeed. Uh, and final thank you to our lovely sponsors, uh, Lee and Paul. Mm-hmm. We do love you guys. Very much indeed. So until next time. Uh, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Oh, no, hang on. Somebody else uses that. All right. Yeah. No, goodbye. Bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>